Louise. Hi, Kim. What an intro this time. We had fancy music. <laughs> we had sparkles. We had so many numbers counting down. <laughs> Welcome, Louise. Welcome, everyone. We are back for another weekly wrap-up for your kick-ass career. We hope that you are cultivating your own kick-ass career right alongside with us uh, each week as we come in to discuss all sorts of things. <laughs> Louise, I know you always love starting uh, the week out by checking back on the week before. Um, oh, before we do that, invite everybody who's listening to let us know where you're where you're um, listening in from. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, please create a dialogue with us as we are having a dialogue with each other. We we definitely encourage you to to give shout outs or, or comment right along. So, Louise, I'm going to let you uh, start us off on on our weekly wrap up. Yeah, I like, uh, I love that we have these conversations on uh, Friday, or really whenever you're listening to, if you listen to them regularly, right, there's a week between, um, between episodes, and just this whole idea of kind of experimenting, and leaning into what's working and what's not working. This week, my intention was to be very intentional about where my attention was going. And so I, um, and I was just checking right before we came on today about how that worked for me. And so I was um, putting and slotting time into my calendar in a different way this week so that I could be very intentional about what was I spending my time on and how long I was spending time on those tasks. Because I do find like I can, I shy away a little bit from those things that I don't really like to be doing. Um, and so I can fill my day with all kinds of things that I can say are equally important, but however, right, not on those important things. And so, yeah, setting my day up for success um, in the morning, looking at my calendar, but also doing some weekly planning to say how much time am I going to spend on each one of these business areas each one of these important goals that I have, um, and then holding myself accountable. Um, sometimes, uh, right, the flexibility, I like to work into my day. I didn't exactly get to, you know, that one hour time block on my calendar, um, but I made sure I intentionally moved that time block to a different space on my calendar so that I still um, spent the time on that. Um, and I think it worked really well. Like, I feel like I had a really good week this week. Um, with doing some of those those important things that I've been putting off. Nice. So intentional about being intentional with time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we talked about that earlier, right? I we, know. In earlier episode for sure that that right that intentionality around time in particular. Yeah, but it's a it's a it's all an experiment, right? And it's all practice. And so we can talk about things all we want, because here we are talking about all kinds of things. Um, but until you, uh, until I um, put them into my calendar, until I put them into action and actually get some information around if that's working or not working, um, it, it's not it's not moving me forward. We can talk about things till the cows come home, um, but the cows didn't come home. <laughs> Cows might be out partying. And it's so interesting, Louise, because it's your data, right? It's and my data. That, right? Here's that difference between you and I. Well, there's a lot of similarities 
right? You are so much more data driven. And mm -hmm. it's not that I don't appreciate data. I do. I mean, I start every um, consultation, every time that I'm working with a new client, we always start with assessments. So I, I like the data, but I use the data as kind of baseline information and then dig more into the feelings. So mm -hmm. it's it's really, it's very interesting how, how that creates, the creation of that intentional time and then being able to use those data points becomes so meaningful for you. Yeah. I love that for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell me about your week, Kim. So my um, intention for the week was to restore balance for myself. Um, and so on the other end of the spectrum, right? For instead of looking at the data and looking at how am I spending my time, it was really restoring myself to that place of am I meeting my different needs that that I, I need as a human being, both in my business and in my personal life. Um, and so really finding those places. And for those of you who have um, heard me speak before about balance, and Louise, I know you've heard this a time or two, um, I have this thought on balance that balance is truly bullshit. So when I say that I'm looking to restore balance in my world, it is not, I'm not looking for this place where it's like, whoo, okay, everything feels even and equitable. Balance to me is finding that flow and the momentum and the harmony between things where I feel like I am being really honoring of all of my different facets because very often it's very easy for me to close them off because I have so many and it's like boop, I don't need those right now but the reality is I do right. so allowing those to be in and it's been great I have spent I actually expanded the amount of time that I was spending in meditation each morning um, and being much more intentional about what I do during my meditation instead of just like a checkbox yep I meditated because we can do that too. It's like morning routines. Here's the checkbox. What did I do? But being intentional and using that time in a way that was meaningful for me. Um, how I want to use that to set up my day. How I want to use that to set the tone for my day and for my week. Um, and it has really felt very nourishing this week to to have that opportunity to, to lean more deeply in to the parts that again, boop, I put behind the door most of the time. <laughs> Right. Yeah, absolutely. It is that it is intentional and it is about alignment so that you are aware of where your attention is going. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's a it's OK as long as you are aware of, of what that's what's, what's happening there. Yeah. Before we get into today's conversation, I just want to, for those of you who haven't been listening since the first uh, episode that we uh, started with, um, we start every week by looking at our intention that we set for ourselves on Monday. Now, we don't share that with you. That might be something interesting that we could consider doing is actually saying, here were our intentions for the week. And then when you join us on Friday, we can speak into that a little bit more. But we individually set our intention for the week on, on Sunday, on Monday, somewhere in that range. And then on Friday, we discuss, right? Because we really believe in the power of reflection. We believe in, in the power of pause. Um, so especially when you're developing your kick-ass career, when you're developing um, that train that you want to be on with your career, with your work, with your business, um, it's so important to have that time for reflection. And so that's what we like to start, um, to ground ourselves into this 
where we are for our show, but we also want to encourage you to do the same for yourself. So um, feel free, jump in the comments, let us know what your intention was for the week. Did you meet it? Um, or are you like, um, I don't even know how to set an intention. Totally. That's fine to own that too. And we would be happy to help you uh, right along with that. Um, it's about being adaptable and resilient, isn't it? Um, well, what a segue into our topic. Um, Whiplash, anyone? So, yeah, you know, th this is, I, I love having these little kind of tidbits uh, where we get to kind of talk about um, these aspects of like humanity and, and who we are at work and who we are holistically. So I think it's so important. And usually our topics that we bring on Friday come from really great conversations um, that we've had with our clients and with each other. Um, over the course of the last several weeks. So we feel like it's really relevant because we're having these same conversations outside of this platform too. And um, just taking some time to kind of unpack some of the learnings that we have, uh, I think is so important. Adaptability and resilience is like just all over the place. And I think that, you know, our conversation today is a little bit about like, so what's the difference? Like, you know, we can, I hear a lot about resiliency, especially now, how do we become resilient in this crazy world that we live in? Um, but then adaptability, because that's all about change. Um, so Kim, tell me a little bit, what's the difference or how, what do you see as the difference between resilience and adaptability? Yeah, it's interesting because right, we, I think we tend to use the terms interchangeably, and they're really they are they they're they're linked, but they're not the same. Right. So to me, resiliency is about bouncing back, about weathering the storm, about like I got I got through it. Whereas adaptability is that recognition of change. That's where to me there's amazing opportunities for creativity and flexibility. Um, like those two are the two strengths that I feel are the top strengths that come out of practicing adaptability. Um, in preparation for today's conversation, obviously I have my own, well, maybe not obviously, but I have my own thoughts and, and feelings and, and conversations around resiliency and adaptability. And yet I, I do want to go out into the world and always prepare for these conversations to see what other people are saying. And what was so interesting was there's all sorts of data around resiliency and they lump it with adaptability and they say they're different, but they lump them together and then only speak about how to be resilient, not about how to practice adaptability. Mm. Right. And I think maybe we can get into that a little bit today about like, how do you, when, when adaptability is, is triggered by change, how do you practice adaptability in an ongoing basis so that you're prepared when the big changes come. Right. Right. And I think that's kind of the big difference is that resiliency is like, you know, there's these things that you put into practice to build your resilience, right. That, that, and we'll get into some of those, I think, but these practices, you can build your resilience so that when an unexpected event happens, you are prepared for it, um, right? 
Whereas adaptability is like, you see the change coming, it's the train on the track. Um, what are you going to do? What are you, how are you going to adapt when you see the change coming? Um, what are some of those things? And, and absolutely, it's about our reaction, how we're managing our emotions, our energy. Um, and, but I think those situations are, are different and they require some different muscles. It's like, I think it's like, you know, going to the gym and doing a, like a, a, an arm workout, um, and then trying to run a marathon and you haven't worked on your cardio. Like my legs aren't working. I'm <laughs> out of breath. Um, so right. Absolutely. All related to fitness. Um, but I think they're just a little bit different and different enough that if you're practicing the wrong thing, you're, you're expecting a result that's not going to happen. Oh, that's a really good point. Right. And I think that's where it was interesting. Cause as you were saying, you know, I, I brought up the words creativity and flexibility around practicing adaptability. And I, I'm, I wonder if there isn't an opportunity to practice adapt adaptability by strengthening the muscles that you need to flex when you need to be adaptable, right? So we've we've all been faced with adapt needing to be adaptable and resilient over the last two and a half years, right? On some level, we have all had to. Um, so if we are leaning into that place, what are those strengths that have helped us through? You know, I mentioned creativity, really that, that idea of creative problem solving. Mm -hmm. um, and then flexibility. How can you bend instead of break? Yeah. I Which does lend to resilience, but I think it's more of that adaptability. Yeah, I think it's a little bit too of um, the the skill that comes to mind is kind of that like the big picture thinking, mm -hmm. right? Like being a little bit more like strategic in your mindset, having a, a, a little bit higher view of what's happening is, is a place, uh, I think, as you practice building that, um, changing your perspective on what's going on um, is, is a way to really help you build some of those muscles um, for adaptability. Um, and I think that's, um, that's also key. It's working on those, on those things, on those skills, on those strengths that are going to help you with um, um, understanding the change, right? And, and, and changing, like you said, like, like being adaptable, it's actually the word. Um, so what's well, I'm wondering if acceptance isn't that as well. Well, that's a good, yeah, that's a good word as well to really be able to um, see what's coming and to learn to um, to accept that the change is there, right? You're not fighting the change. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. So I'm writing these down because as you're saying this, I'm like, the words we're using are the words that were in this article is a 2013 article originally rewritten in 2018. Likely they could rewrite it now. But as I read through it, I was like, yeah, that's pretty much what I would put in there even today. It's the, the 10 traits of emotionally resilient people. And so as, so as we were talking, I was actually typing these up because I wanted to pop them up on the screen as we talk about them. But some of them are the words that we were already using. So the reason I said acceptance mm. to what you said. So one of the things in there is look for meaning. 
is that big picture you just talked about, right? Yeah. So to be resilient means we need to be adaptable to be able to see the big picture, right? Um, they did talk about practicing acceptance, that, that idea of, yes, this is where I am right now. Um, some of the others were, and I'm probably gonna have to type well while I'm speaking, but that's okay. We'll get there. Um, boundaries. How do you think boundaries can help create resiliency or, um, adaptability? I think boundaries are, well, my definition of boundaries are like the rules of how we react or interact mm -hmm. with our environment or with other people. And so when you think about the boundaries that you need and able to re-energize, right? Boundaries around peopling for introverts um, and what that can look like. Um, it comes with a deeper understanding of what you need and then how you communicate that to the world. And so that does build resilience. It's around being self-aware of mm -hmm. what you need um, and then being able to um, express that to the world. Yeah, I would agree. I think that that idea of, of, well, I think it's clarity. It goes, I think it goes to the second thing here, which they talk about, which is self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Which is, it's one of the things that, that I teach with my, um, with my clients is this idea of by starting from a place of self-awareness, we can actually start to build meaningful boundaries, right? We can otherwise sometimes those boundaries that we set are arbitrary and it's really hard to uphold those. But if we create meaningful boundaries, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable right. um, for ourselves, then we have a it, it it's kind of like creating the playpen. Right? Yeah. Like when you put a child down in the middle of a really, really big room, the child will go everywhere. Whereas if you give the child some boundaries, the child can freely explore. Um, and I'm talking little child, right? Um, can freely explore a little bit more safely. Mm -hmm. And even as adults, we need that. And that creates that resilience, which allows us to become more adaptable. I think. I mean, that's really the, the key piece. Mm. So, so can you flip that? Like, does being adaptable create resilience? Or do you think you need resilience to be adaptable? That's a really good question. I think, I, well, I'd love to know what other people think to that question as well. Um, Cause you know, we're just having a conversation uh, about this. I think, I feel like you, when you have change and so choosing, right? Because adaptability comes with choice, comes from choice, right. choosing to see alternative ways of, of doing things, being flexible, bending, not breaking, um, that adaptability can strengthen our resiliency. Likewise, if we strengthen our resiliency, we become more adaptable. So I, th I think it's kind of a yin and yang. It's, it's, mm. it's they're really so closely linked and I think they can loop in on each other which is right. maybe why people have a hard time seeing them as separate. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that this self-awareness is really key because it, to me, it's the, 
um, the self-awareness piece that will um, will help you get out of the the potential muck hole, right? Yeah. Um, and when you are self-aware, then you are in choice, right? You you, you choose to mm-hmm. how you're going to react to the change that's coming, right? That's adaptability. You're in choice. What are you yeah. going to need to do to be able to accept the change um, or get off the track, really? Um, but you're still in choice. Um, I think resiliency is a, it's, you are in choice, but it's a muscle that you build over time. So when the unexpected happens, it's more of a, it's more of a reaction um, than it is that that you're going to get stuck there very long, right? Resiliency comes when the change is unexpected, when it just drops out of the sky and you're like, boom, here it is. How do I manage it? Um, Self-awareness um, and the practice of self-awareness and all those things you threw up on the screen earlier. And there's more. Right. But uh, the practice of that builds your resiliency. It yes. builds muscle. So, yeah, right. I think that that, yeah, they are absolutely linked. Um, and working on one thing can help you. Right. Adapt to the change um, as well as be resilient. And and we're not just talking about um, people. Right. Like this is about organizations as well and how to build a very uh, resilient and adaptable organization can come into play with all of these things, right? The organization does need to be aware mm-hmm. uh, of those things that are happening uh, externally and internally. That's its own kind of self-awareness, but all of these things apply. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, I will go ahead and uh, put in the show notes the the link to the article so people can read it more in depth. But basically what they were saying, at, to, to your point, Louise, is there are 10 things that you can practice, that you can strengthen, that create a resilient individual. And mm-hmm. I want to take these just take a quick look at these 10 and then jump over to how that actually relates to an organ, a resilient organization as well. Mm. Um, so boundaries we talked about, self-awareness, um, practicing acceptance. So being at that place of accepting, right? I know you mentioned that as well. Um, yeah. Practicing mindfulness. So this is really not the, those who know me know I do love the woo, but this is really more of the practicing non-judgment, right? And, and, um, being in that place where it's you're you're not you're not focusing on what's right what's wrong wrong it's it's just being mindful just being present truly present um looking for meaning again going back to that big picture right um it was interesting that they talked about um intentional self-care habits and they in what they were talking about with the self-care it wasn't about going and getting a massage it was taking a break, walking away. It was, right, it was finding that restoring balance. It was looking and seeing what you were doing in your day that was feeding you, that was nourishing you, that we talked about at the beginning. Being surrounded by other resilient humans adds to your resiliency. So if you're around a whole bunch of people that are not resilient, that are not adaptable, it is less likely that you're going to be able to be resilient yourself, which I, I find fascinating and challenging for many of us. Um, and yes, Malik, I am totally here for real self-care as well. It is not, um, that was a, a wonderful note there. Totally here for real self-care because the other kinds of self-care that we see so much is not 
well, they are, Louise and I did this great um, workshop once that we talked about the rocks and the pebbles and the sand. Mm. And the, the self-care that gets talked about is the sand that starts to fill everything up, but it's not the meaningful rocks that you need to really care for yourself, in my opinion. So um, having an optimistic worldview is another one. Don't get me started on optimism. Um, <laughs> I'm not talking about toxic positivity. No, no, no. That's very, very different. Um, you can uh, read my uh, my article that I actually just posted this week on LinkedIn around optimism as a leadership quality. And it's not positivity, toxic positivity at all. Um, but the things that it can do um, to build your resilience, I think, is um, that's Absolutely. We don't talk about that enough. Mm -mm. No. And it, one of the things that I find hard to talk about, particularly in the face of, you know, a lot of the work that I do in the place, places that I play are in social justice, social impact, social change, social, social blah, whatever it is, you put that word at the end. And um, there's a lot of pain, right. a lot of heaviness. And there's a lot of struggle with how do you stay optimistic when there's so much heaviness? Right. Right. And it, it is a skill. It's, and it's a skill that you can learn. Mm -hmm. um, so you become, you can become more resilient. So you can take part in, in the change and in, um, in adapting and modifying how the future of humanity looks. Yeah. It really opens that door to creative thinking, which I think is the key to being adaptable. When you can creatively see alternatives, when you have that bigger picture view, um, you can't get there without being optimistic, um, right? It's the it's the air in the hot air balloon that gets you higher yeah. um, to see well, more options. And it's interesting because number nine on their list was um, being able to entertain and explore alternative endings. So and mm, that's all right? part of yeah, that's part of optimism, right? Yeah. Is to be able to explore all of the all of the alternatives, even the crappy ones. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah. I I don't know about you, but do you ever explore crappy endings and positive endings with your clients when you're working with them? <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, what's the worst that can happen here? Like, really, let's talk about the worst that can happen. Um, and then, right, here's the magic wand. And what's the thing that, that you want to change? What's the best um, outcome? Um, and usually it's somewhere in between, right? Mm -hmm. Usually the realistic one is somewhere in between. But if you're not exploring the extremes, how do you know where the middle is? Yeah. yeah. Well, and how do you know what options you have to be able to make the choice, right? Yeah. To be flexible, to bend, not break. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Let's rename optimism to optionism. Yes. Trademark Malik Turley. <laughs> that was fantastic. I love um, it. And then the last thing that, that was on this list was, was being able to redirect our physical or mental energies away from our thoughts. Right? So we spend all this time up here, right? And we even spend our physical energy up here. And if we can diffuse some of that, that does allow us to see the alternate endings that allows us to have optionism, that allows us to be in choice, that allows us to be flexible. 
So I, I found that to be a really fascinating one because I, I think a lot of people miss that is that stop, stop thinking so damn much. <laughs> As a chronic overthinker, yeah. I can tell you firsthand when I stop thinking so damn much, the solutions come to me. It doesn't seem like such a big deal anymore. Right. May it still be heavy. May it still be hard. Yeah, but we're not talking about making anything easy. We're talking about creating more ease by being more resilient and more adaptable. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we lead with those three things, right? Our heads, our hearts, and our guts. And our heads, the way that we're wired, have the loudest voice because it's right there behind your ear. Um <laughs> legit. It's right there. <laughs> um, so it does, it takes a little practice to hear what your heart is really telling you to hear what your gut really wants to say. Um, but there's a lot, lot of wisdom there. And um, we'd be, we do ourselves a disservice when we're not turning in, tuning in to all those, all those radio stations, right? Yeah. So you touched just a little bit um, on this idea of being resilient and adaptable human and to make sure that we have um, resilient and adaptable organizations. What are some of the things, you know, we just went through this beautiful list of how to do that as a human. Um, what are some of those things that you think are important for an organization to tap into to also be resilient and adaptable? Well, resilient, well, so adaptability, I think that's the thing that organizations lean the most on is right, how do they adapt to change? How do they adapt to their changing industry, the changing world environment, how are they constantly um, figuring out a way to be right at the at the, the top of the river, right? Um, what do they need to constantly be doing? If you're not changing, right, you're not growing. That's, that's organization um, it, uh, because things do change so fast. That's the adaptability piece. Um, resiliency, I think we're really starting to see that more and more over the last couple of years because workforces have not been um, not been built to be resilient. Um, and companies uh, haven't focused on how to be resilient and how to have a resilient workforce. At the end of the day, organizations are nothing without their people, right? And so really, uh, I think that's really come to light. But all the things that we talked about are still are in play, right? If you don't have a resilient workforce, then you don't have a resilient company, um, right? If you are not creatively thinking as an organization, if you're not, um, right, uh, seeing those those the big picture, um, if you're not helping your people feel included and they belong, they're not putting their best selves forward. And so you're not getting what you need as an organization to weather the storm. And we've seen very unprepared and unresilient organizations and companies like totally just have to shut their doors over the last couple of years um, because they just weren't able to sustain themselves because they weren't resilient no matter how adaptable companies are, you could be all for change, right? You see the change coming, you study the journals, you know what's going on in your industry. You're like, yeah, but you're here. Going. Right? To that last point on resiliency in humans, it's like, but you're all up in here. Yeah. yeah. So you're being adaptable, 
is what I'm hearing, but you're not being resilient. Resilient, right? And when the unexpected change comes, then you're not able to sustain um, and you fall apart at the seams. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I know we talked last week about psychological safety. I feel like there's some of that in what you're saying is like Mm -hmm. resiliency means that you have a workforce that's thriving. Yeah. You're right. And everybody has that opportunity to thrive. Um, I'm curious, uh, you talked about being prepared a little bit through that adaptability lens. Um, I'm wondering if there is, is a way to, in your preparedness to focus on opportunity versus devastation, right? It's like, like when we, when we have something really, really bad happen, Yes. How do we see that as an opportunity? And that, I th- would you say that that's the trait of the big picture? Would you say that's a, that's the trait of flexibility, of creativity, all of the above? Well, all of the above, like it's really, I'm going to go back to the data, right? Like, I, I'm sorry, but it Why is- Why are you sorry? Oh, look, I said it like you. <laughs> You're, you'll be Canadian sooner or later. Um, but it, it really is about taking the experience, right? The thing, the event that's happened and what are you going to take from it? What are your learnings from it that you move forward? That's a key part of the definition of being resilient, right? Is to learn and move forward. And so it comes back to data for me is what, What's the behavior? What's the action? What happened? What's the event? Like really figure that out so that you get to know it intimately and you get to now intentionally bring those good pieces forward, um, change what was broken or find those things that didn't break, right? There are all kinds of success stories um, over the last couple of years of organizations that have thrived. And it's not to say they didn't suffer when the pandemic hit, but they figured it out. They looked at the data and then they moved forward and they were able to pivot through that. Um, Pivot's a big part of that, right? Resiliency and adaptability um, is, is a big part of what I talk about, right? My company name is Pivoting Point. Um, career solutions, because it is about, right, how do you figure out um, where you're at, where you want to go, and how you're going to get there. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Resiliency and adaptability is kind of a, the uh, the train that moves you forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting because what I'm hearing, or what my takeaway, so I'm going to go into my golden nugget right now, is this idea that what we bring each week and we start each week with is this opportunity to reflect on the past week for ourselves, how we showed up in our lives and in our businesses so that we're continuing to work on our kick-ass careers. Um, what I'm hearing in adaptability and in resiliency and how they work together, there's a whole lot of opportunity for reflection. Mm-hmm. Because if we stop and we look at each of these you know, those 10 things that I outlined and when we look at that for individuals and for organizations, We really, when we stop, we take that opportunity to reflect, to look, whether it's the data, whether it's the humanity, whether it's both, which it should be, um, we have that opportunity to weather the storm, 
to bounce back and to do so in a creative and flexible way. So that's really my big takeaway from our conversation today is how important reflection is to becoming an adaptable and resilient human and building adaptable and resilient organizations. That's the only place we learn, right? Is in reflection. Um, that's where the learning is. Um, yeah. Um, I love Malik. She's my golden nugget today, right? Optimism. To Are you throwing optimism. that one up there again? Um, I think that's fantastic because at the end of the day, resiliency and adaptability come down to, right, what are you um, in control of and where are you allowing your energy to flow um, and, and you're in choice. Um, you go about it different ways, right? Like how are you now in choice for the week ahead? Um, where's your intention next week around building your resilience and adaptability? And I, I'm going to put that out there as, you know, for folks who are just tuning in or who don't reflect on their week or don't set intentions um, for their week ahead is maybe think about your resiliency um, and your adaptability. What's going on in your week ahead where um, you might need to exercise your muscles, um, right? What kind of race are you running? Um, and, and being really intentional around that. And those arm exercises are great if you're doing the wheelbarrow race and you're the wheelbarrow. See, yep. I guess it does come in handy for race winning. Um, you never know. Look at that. Um, you get you thinking outside the box. I might be a wee bit adaptable. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, next week. We are going to be talking about creating meaningful work. What does that even mean? Because we talk about it all the time, like having meaningful work, you know, creating meaningful work. And here's the thing. If you're creating your kick-ass career, you for sure want it to be meaningful work. So we'll talk about what does that even mean? How do you go about figuring it out? How we've done it, how our clients have done it. And we're excited. I'm excited. I'm not going to speak for both both of us. I'm super excited because <laughs> I love talking about meaningful work because I love living a meaningful life personally. Um, yeah, it goes hand in hand. It's hard to uh, be connected with the work that you do if you don't know what is meaningful to you. Um, so I love this conversation because um, we don't talk about it enough. Um, and it's a, it's a foundational piece um, to your kick-ass career. Or quick-ass, whichever. Whatever. <laughs> Okay. Ass joke because it's in our title. Okay. Last night I was scrolling through something with pictures, probably Instagram. Um, and uh, there was a picture on there and it said, ask clarinet. So here's the problem, folks. If you have a box and you bend that B around the corner, your bass clarinet just turned into an ass clarinet. <laughs> Explain that to a 12 year old. I just had to. Uh, means nothing to do with your career, but it means you're having a good time. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad that you spent your time with us. Um, thank you for chiming in and letting us know. Um, Malik, absolutely. That was one of the most brilliant comments that I've heard all week. So love it. <laughs> um, Louise, I hope you have a great weekend. I know you. you're going to be somewhere beautiful. Uh, I am um, in this beautiful province of Manitoba. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I hope everyone has a fabulous weekend and a great week ahead. Um, yeah, take care everyone. Okay. Bye for now. Bye for now.